Welcome back to Awakening Reformation, where Reformation awakens now. My name is Grant, and joined with me is my beautiful wife, Erica, the Weaker Vessel. Hello, everyone. If you want to get to know more about Awakening Reformation podcast, we're a part of Rebel Alliance Media, so go to rebelalliancemedia.com to check out all the rest of the content and all the rest of the podcasts that we put out. Follow us on social media so that you get all of our updates and posts about all the new content that comes out. You can also subscribe in iTunes or your favorite podcast catcher, so that way you can download every episode when it is released. And if you feel so inclined to support us financially, we have a Patreon. Mm -hmm. So you can go to patreon.com slash rebel alliance and you can do a monthly gift or a one time, but we would greatly appreciate it and it helps us out a ton. That's how we've been able to do the Eschatology 201 series. I say we as if we had anything to do with it. I know, right? Other than maybe (laughs) liking and sharing posts. (laughs) Yeah, and I've been pretty bad about that lately too. But yeah, go to the YouTube. Nate is slowly releasing weekly right now the Eschatology 201 series and it is really good. Yeah, it is. You guys should go check it out. Yeah, and if you're a Patreon... I believe you get all of them right away, right? Yeah, you get all the links right away. You get all the all access. That's right. So... If you want to binge Eschatology 201, mm-hmm. go uh, go ahead and go on to Patreon, and that's how you get that. Sounds good. All we right. have some really exciting stuff coming up, too. Yeah. That will be not quite as mind-bending as Eschatology 201. <laughs> it will be a little bit more on the lighter side. We need both. We need both. We exactly. need your mind to bend and then a rest. A mind to bend. That's right. <laughs> Grant's got a loose tongue tonight. So. <laughs> it's just flapping. I don't know what's going on tonight. <laughs> so watch out, y'all. If you didn't notice, it's because Erica skillfully edited out my blunders. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's funny. So tonight we're going to continue our Uncovering the Origins series. And tonight is going to be part two of us covering public education. So if you didn't catch last week, go listen to last week where we be we began to uncover the origins of... This is going to be so fun. <laughs> ...of public education. And there was so much in that deep, deep hole, mm-hmm. as Erica said, that we had to split it in two. So, if you guys think that we're psycho for that episode, just wait until you hear how we go further into that hole today. I mean, I want to say I'm not psycho. I mean, like, I love a good conspiracy theory, and this just fills my heart with such warmth. It gets worse. Some of these juicy details Erica has not shared with me before we recorded. It's all true, though. Like, legitimately, I know you can't believe everything on the internet, but there's, like, (laughs) hardcore evidence. Like, I didn't just watch some guy on YouTube. Right. Although I did do that, too. But what I'm saying is I've done (laughs) real research. (laughs) Well, it's published works, right? Yeah, published works. I mean, it's not hidden. It's not some crazy United Nations documents and, like, statement of faiths, whatever you want to call that, their mission, whatever. Philosophy of whatever. Yeah. Mission statements. Yeah. Yeah. So, so yeah, we're not, we're not purling. Anyway, we're not linking crazy quotes together to make this nutso blog, which is what you do find on the internet. Yeah, this it's is... nuts, though, but it's true nuts. Yeah. It's truth nuts. We don't have to spin this like, at all. It's truth like nuts. grape nuts. 
This is going to be fun. Which is the worst kind of cereals. <laughs> it is. Does it, do they even make it anymore? I think so. I think it's for like old people that have digestive like issues. cardboard bits. That's what they should call it. Right? Oh, man. It's like just one step above bran flakes. I would sooner eat bran flakes. I actually really enjoy Raisin Bran Crunch. Well, that's different. I can't talk either. <laughs> it's contagious. No, bran flakes. The stupid is contagious. <laughs> We need to stop studying public education. <laughs> it's rubbing off on us. See how powerful this is, guys? <laughs> this is no joke. Okay. So, all right. So last week we were talking about Johan. Remember Johan? Yes. Fichte? Oh, yes. Johan Fichte. <laughs> okay. He had some really bad ideas about education. Yep. And he helped develop that Prussian style of mm-hmm. education which the u.s adopted and is now what we would call public public school education right like his philosophy of education is basically it's just what how we, we do public school and it was kind of the kids are young and impressionable so we need to get them when they're young and we need to make them robots mm-hmm. is that have... essentially what it was yeah okay yeah without having to go back and re <laughs> right. hashing all of that just go back and listen to it if you haven't you will be confused if you don't listen to the first episode, I think. So where does that leave us today? Okay. Let's talk about that. Yeah. That's kind of like the roots of it. Um, where does that bring us today? Well, today, are you familiar with UNESCO? So UNESCO is United Nations Educational, Scientific, and Cultural Organization. Basically, it's like one world education. Yeah. I mean, if you think United Nations anything, it's pretty much got a one world order global right. mm-hmm. feel to it and right. so I, I don't know how far their how far or how deep their reach is but i do know that their intent is to ensure that there is a common and global mm-hmm. education that's given throughout all yes. the countries in the un i i would suppose i right. would guess yes unesco is actually funded by a lot of our american celebrities and wealthy entrepreneurs mm-hmm. and things like that. Bill Gates is one of the... No, don't say that. Yeah. Because Bill Gates is like one of the greater philanthropists, but... Well, he donates a yeah. lot of money. And actually, he helped to fund um, a lot of their literature, like their pamphlets and a lot of okay. their curriculum yeah. that is distributed worldwide. Mm-hmm. So there's a lot of very wealthy people that um, that give to this UNESCO, which is humanist. It is... Mm-hmm. It basically has adopted, you know, all the humanist and yeah. socialistic ideas as well. And I mean, the, its headquarters is in Paris. Its effort is to create all of the children in the earth, on the earth, to adopt a global mindset. Mm-hmm. They want the child to yeah. belong to the earth, to belong to the globe and not a family. And so UNESCO in 1949 said that its political and one-world philosophy was as such. As long as the child breathes the poisoned air of nationalism, education and world-mindedness can produce only rather precarious results. As we have pointed out, it is frequently the family that infects the child with extreme nationalism. The schools should therefore use the means described earlier to combat family attitudes that favor jingoism. Yeah, and jingoism is just a... it's just an extreme patriotism mm-hmm. is essentially all it is. Yeah. So it's like a aggressive war-like attitude towards foreign policy. 
Yeah. That's what they would try to say jingoism is. Yeah. So their attitude is to literally stop the family from influencing the child and making it care about the family and the nation that it's a part of. Mm-hmm, right. And instead embrace this like one world education, like we are all one, this weird like new age kind of thing. Yeah. Which inter- interestingly enough, Bill mm-hmm. Gates supports and has donated tons of money to. Yeah. So. With the help of Bill Gates, they developed Common Core. You may have heard of it. Wow. Yeah, everybody that I've talked to who actually teaches and is a Christian doesn't like Common Core. I they think can... there's tons of non-Christians that hate Common Core. Really? And it, yeah, it's been known to dumb down kids because it doesn't, it doesn't encourage kids to grow and to struggle and grow that way. It does everything that it can to eliminate any type of struggle, any type of like uneasy feelings. Mm-hmm. It, I remember watching this video about Common Core and it even said the number seven just doesn't feel as good as the number 10. And so we'll always go to like the nearest 10 when they're doing math, like talking about math. And I was like, who in the- math doesn't care about your feelings? Right. And, and But anyway, it's this idea, though, that no one should be challenged. And they know that if a kid is challenged, uneasy feelings aren't wrong. It's the it's what happens when you're challenged with something. But we know that growth comes from challenge. But if kids grow and become thinkers and educated, that they'll be able to challenge the beliefs of those in authority. Mm-hmm. But they don't want that. Right. They want nice, submissive kids that hate any kind of awkward feeling and so they eliminate that altogether they don't teach them that's a good thing that you have to use critical thinking well and sometimes sometimes being challenged and we just talked about this today in school like Mm -hmm. life is going to give you challenges yeah so i've heard people say things like we need to just cater to our children in education which is kind of the whole premise of public Mm -hmm. education too and this prussian model is Like, yeah, we're going to cater to the kids and we're going to give them what fits them and what suits them, teach them according to their aptitude. Mm -hmm. But the problem with that is that we're teaching our children that the world is going to accommodate to them and their feelings and their aptitude. And that's just not true. Like, if you want to flourish in life, sometimes it's going to mean hard work Mm -hmm. and it's going to mean diligence and it's going to mean pressing through those hard feelings and through that frustration and persevering and just working through the hard times. And what's interesting... Even if seven doesn't feel as good as 10. Right. And what's interesting is that that will inevitably lead us to just lower standards in everything. Well, and it has. Right? I mean... It has. You think about customer service, architecture getting dumber, right? Mm Mm-hmm. And that in and of itself is an anti-biblical idea where we believe that the Bible teaches things will get better and that God told Adam and all of his offspring to go make the world better. Mm -hmm. Go work and till and cultivate and make it better. Make what I have given you better. So we are at this UNESCO thing. Mm -hmm. It's He was like basically their secretary. Okay. His name was Robert Mueller. Okay. He has some really crazy whacked out ideas too. You can go check him out if you want to go find... More information about this guy, but Not- essentially he helped develop this Common Core mm-hmm. curriculum too, which by and large the U.S. has adopted wholesale. Yeah. And one of his mentors was Alice Bailey. You know who that is? Um, Just barely. I know a little bit. So she was a theosophic writer, basically a Christian, but that ad- 
but she adopted all of the new age uh, ideologies and meshed them together with her Christianity. And she, I mean, was a terrible influence because she wrote a lot of things on new age Christianity and all that sort of thing. Yeah. I mean, she was just like straight up demon possessed, like not to get Pentecostal <laughs> on you, but she literally said that she heard master spirits in her head and they are what helped her develop her curriculums and her writings and her teachings. Yeah. She's nuts. So I'm just going to go on a limb here and say like she's freaking demon possessed, but also got into some really weird new age mysticism. Go figure, right? Like, yeah. She was very much, um, I think she helped, like, coin the term New Age, too, didn't she? Yeah, she did. Yep. Yeah. So, this chick... She's one of the first people to ...who hears demons it. in her head and is, like, crazy New Age, is influencing the man who's writing your public school curriculum. Just let that sink in for a minute. I mean, she literally says, I hear master spirits talking to me in my head. Yeah, I know the name of that master spirit. His yeah. name is Satan. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So, and I mean, this just gets crazier and crazier. The more you start making connections between people and who influenced whom and where the public school curriculum actually came from, who is donating to this cause, what the desired outcome is of public education, mm-hmm. like long-term, short-term goals, what is actually done in the last 50 years, especially the the decline of... American education and just basic intelligence. Look at, you know, our generation in comparison to the greatest generation. Yeah. I mean, basic knowledge of their environment, the world around them, not to mention like actually academics and uh, even just the ability to communicate with other people, having basic social skills. Right. That's like going down the drain fast. It's we are not progressing. Yeah. The greatest generation back in, you know, the 50s, 40s, 50s era, they withstood a world war that killed over 100,000 men. Now, they weren't perfect. They did not, you know, feminism was kind of bred out of all that a little bit, too. And they had their own downfalls for sure. But they survived that, rebuilt the country. They did in a Mm -hmm. lot of ways, rebuilt our country. And then our generation literally can't stand losing an election. Our generation literally can't stand anything. And so we have trash cans with Trump's face on them in Manhattan. Just people can like throw trash at him because they're frustrated. Remember, they can't deal with any uneasy feelings. Okay. So I think we're going to be done with like the history lesson now. We could keep going on to this crazy rabbit trail, but I think we're good. Let's go ahead and take our break quick. Sound good? Sounds good. All right. We'll be right back. Hey guys, this is Brian. And this is Jesse. And we run Reconciled Media. We create reformed, presuppositional, and post-millennial content. Check out Reconciled Radio, where we've interviewed guests like Joel McDermott and Darren Doan, and The Alpina Antithesis, where we engage the issues and events around our community from a full-orb, faith-for-all-of-life, Christian worldview. Both shows can be found on Apple Podcasts at Reconciled Media. Go to Facebook.com slash Reconciled Media to stay up to date with our latest content, memes of the week, and our Reconciled recommendations. Thanks, and go cultivate a kingdom culture. All right, we're back. 
let's talk about what the effects are, what this type of education has led to. We've kind of already okay. talking about that, mm-hmm. but like more specifically, because I know that some of the things that I have heard and researched online is that even big pharma is kind of drug into this mess too, because I think it's some crazy statistic, like one in 10 boys is prescribed some type of medication in the public school system. It might even be higher than that. Yeah. And that might've been, you know, conservative. I don't know. Mm-hmm. I don't, statistics are statistics. So yeah. it's like, you know, but yeah. So boys who can't sit still, who are, you know, making guns out of their fingers and like, or you know, pop tarts. Yeah, they're playing, they're acting like boys. Mm-hmm. Um, they're diagnosed with something by yeah. some and quack. Then, and then given a drug mm-hmm. that stops hormones from functioning in their brain so that way they can sit at a desk right all day long and be quote unquote appropriate mm-hmm. yeah. and then years down the road we realized that giving them all these drugs while they were still developing in elementary school and junior high now they hit puberty and now things are even more chaotic mm-hmm. and we well and one of the biggest drugs that has been given to my generation mm-hmm. was like ritalin yeah I can't even and tell there's you. There's devastating effects of Ritalin on yep. people. And when you were joining the army too, that was one of the things that like if you were prescribed Ritalin, you couldn't mm-hmm. join. Right. So isn't that kind of funny too? The government says, hey, you need this. First of all, you must go to school. It's compulsory. Right. Oh, you can't sit right. We're going to force you to take this drug. Mm-hmm. Oh, you took this drug that we forced you to take because you went to a school that we forced you to go to. Now you can't serve your country. It's just a weird turn of events, I think. Totally agree. So yeah, drug pushing is like kind of one of the big um, industries that benefits the pharmacy industry benefits from public school systems. Well, and it benefits the counties, the school counties, because that school district receives more funding from the Uh federal government, depending upon how many kids it has that are on some sort of behavioral drug mm-hmm. mind altering like like strong yeah. medication yeah, yeah. we're not talking a kid has tylenol and he has no, to no, go no. to the school nurse behavior like this is a drug given to this kid to fix his behavior why do they like get psychotropic more- drugs right and why do they get more money because well it's so much harder to have to care for this kid and it requires, requires more staff or yep, whatever specialized teachers and not to mention your taxpayers dollars are going to probably pay for this drug anyway that's a whole other conversation but, but yes <laughs> but as it was, i'm just saying like even mm-hmm. us we homeschool we pay for kids to go to public school yeah and we pay for all those drugs because we still pay taxes mm-hmm. but they get more money and it's been found that the it incentivizes the school nurses to just sign off on more and more drugs well and one of our good family friends back home is a school nurse and she has had such a hard time as a christian being a school nurse in the public school system because like when they started giving out condoms in the high schools, oh, yeah. she had to have those in her office. Mm-hmm. It was required by state law for her to give away things like birth control pills and condoms and all kinds of stuff that she did not agree with. And so she's had to like wrestle in her conscience with like certain things and like she would, you know, take certain posters down because she wouldn't agree with them. Then she'd get in trouble for it. So it's it's just a hard system, even not as a teacher, but like as a nurse, mm-hmm. you know, like what what do you do in those situations? And so, yeah, well, and another part of that or the reason for that, too, is 
they do want uh, people to be a slave to their emotions yeah. and to whatever they whatever they feel and want. Mm-hmm. And so they want you to be able to just go have sex whenever you want to without any consequences. Mm-hmm. Because when they want to excite you when it comes to election time, they're going to be able to do it easily because you already are a slave to your emotions and to the way you feel, not using your brain to think. They want to be able to give you a crappy political platform Mm -hmm. and you're just going to buy into it. You're not going to pick them apart with your mind and your brain because you've been taught to think critically. Think about how many conservative thinkers are out there picking apart the Democratic uh, nominees right now. They're all saying the craziest stuff and proposing Mm -hmm. the craziest stuff right now. And the conservatives are like, you know, and Christians alike are looking at this going, is anyone seriously buying this? Yeah. This is absolutely crazy. But, but their rallies are. Mm-hmm. are just clapping like crazy and cheering for it. But why? Because they've not been taught to think critically because of this public this public education philosophy. Well, because half of them can't read. And then, yeah. <laughs> you know, right, half yeah. of them can barely read a stop sign. More than half of them, 55%, mm-hmm. can barely read a stop sign, let alone really sit like sit down and think about yeah. or have an intelligent conversation about something. Yeah, and so why do they dig in deep? I was listening to Cross Politic and they talked, they had a clip from Beto, but he's like going on and on about gruesome details about someone who was shot with a gun. And that mm-hmm. was his reason for confiscating everyone's guns. Yeah. But why? Because he appealed to feelings. To emotions. Yeah. To emotions. And they, they do everything they can to make sure well, people are ruled by Even them. in children's books, you know, like even from very little on, we are catering to our children's feelings mm-hmm. like the feeling and the emotion is the the key part of who you are as an individual it is right. like the thing about you that must be protected at all costs we can't hurt someone's feelings like when i was growing up people would always say sticks and stones may break my bones but words may never hurt me yeah. can you even imagine that being recited on the playground no, nowadays I'm, yeah now with Maybe hate speech or yeah. something. Hate speech is any speech that I hate. <laughs> yeah. It's just anything I don't like, and it's hate speech. Well, essentially what the government and the public school education system has done, it's it's created idols for us, mm-hmm. or at least the ability for us to make an idol, whether it is our emotions, whether it's our sexuality. Mm-hmm. I mean, whatever it is, we can create this little idol, and they will help us foster it. And then when it comes time for us to go and vote for, you know, whether it's a a governor or a president or whatever, mm-hmm. then they take our idol and they will sit here yeah. and say, see this little idol of yours? You can, you know, have a yeah. more realized relationship with this idol yeah, if I you just vote this, this way. Yeah. You'll get more of it. And then we go, oh, okay. Like, well, yeah, I love that. I, I love, you know, this sinful sexuality that I identify with. You have that too, yeah. or you want to help me to realize that more full, like more fully? Sure, right. I'll vote for you. Yeah, my Lord and my God. Yeah. I am, I believe. We're not taught to think, huh, I wonder why this seems so easy. I wonder why this person is offering this free mm-hmm. thing to me. Like there used to right. be generations where we were, you know, taught, hey, nothing's free. Yeah. Now, right. like, people's platforms are the, like, the opposite of that. Yeah. It's, you'll give you everything for free. Free education, free housing, mm-hmm. free everything. Can yeah. you, can you even imagine, like, 150 years ago, someone being told that and being like, yeah, and then what are you going to do to me? Lock me up in your basement? Right. Like, I mean, yeah. it just would have been like, no, thank you. Mm-hmm. Well, and we've, 
we've lost the pride of just personal responsibility too. Oh, that's true. You know, that's that's totally gone by the wayside because there used to be that sense of I built it, it's mine, I take care of it, mm-hmm. I cultivate it, more aligning with the cultural mandate given to Adam and Eve in Genesis. Mm-hmm. But now it's, oh, you can give that to me? Again, well, it's the it's the parents' state. Yeah, and that comes, too, from the just demasculization of the public school system. Like, we want mm-hmm. to strip boys of everything that makes them masculine exactly. and manly. And there, God created something in little boys to want to be the conqueror, to want mm-hmm. to build nations, and to want to, that, that one world, you know, education system that we were talking about, like, in a sense... It's almost the old bait and switch that Satan does. Like, he'll give you 90% truth and then, like, mix it in with a little bit of lies. Right. Like, there is a one, there is one kingdom we should all be striving to build. Mm-hmm. That is a biblical concept, right. and it's Christ's kingdom. Yeah. And even in that, in Revelation, when, when we talk about uh, who's ruling and reigning with Jesus, it says the nations. Yeah. Tongues, tribes. There's still a plurality. Yeah. And plurality... In some sense, still reflects the Godhead, mm-hmm. which is a plurality. There's mm-hmm. nothing wrong with multiple nations and multiple tribes yeah. and multiple languages in our world. Yeah. We're never taught to hate or disdain or be violent or sin against right. other nations well, and peoples and surely, just because they're in a different one. Surely there is a way that you could take nationalism and make it like sinful, right? Like, yeah. And there has been a debate on some of the more reformed websites Mm -hmm. that i follow lately about whether a christian can even like pledge allegiance to the flag is that idolatry and and things like that and i don't know what your opinion is on that but like you as it me or the you as in either one of you (laughs) whatever i don't know what either one of you (laughs) (laughs) you or my mom (laughs) i don't know what either one of you feel about that but what i'm saying is there is a way that you you could pledge allegiance to the flag i think and just you are saluting the, you know how people say you can salute the rank. You can yeah. give respect to the to the rank that you are in. You may not respect the person that's wearing the rank, right. but you can still respect the rank and respect the position of that person. Mm-hmm. So is our nation a perfect nation? Certainly not. Never has been, never will. It, yeah. And it can't be, I don't think, as long as there are sinful people what are in they it. Striving Even towards? the Puritans, I don't think were a perfect nation. No. I mean I think they probably had their head on a little straighter than we do. Yeah, now. they were. But you know, there were those <laughs> witch trials and such. I mean everyone has their stuff, you know. <laughs> that was only like six months and then they were like, Hey, maybe we went a little crazy. <laughs> <laughs> uh, maybe. But um but no, I I think that Jesus was a really good Jew. Yeah. Right? He didn't not celebrate in Jewish holidays because nationalism's bad. Well, and Paul was pretty quick to grab onto his Roman citizenship when it offered him an edge. Exactly. So use your U.S. citizenship or whatever to the glory of God, to further Christ's kingdom, to spread the gospel, to fulfill the Great Commission. Mm -hmm. You can do all that and you can be uh, still proud of your nation well, and I think that's what little boys should do, right? Mm-hmm. We're post-mill and we'd say, yeah, our sons ought to grow up and love their nation and mm-hmm. seek uh, for its repentance. And right. so that's going to mean joining ranks in the army and working from the inside like you have been doing. Or it's going to mean getting into politics and right. and making uh, Christian strides there. It's going to mean, I mean, every aspect, every position there is available that's a you know a redeemable position right 
our sons should be vying for those positions so that they can influence culture. Yeah, and that is a very Puritan thing to do because they did try to apply God's word to every area of life, mm-hmm. which means you don't abandon your country. Right. No, you try to run your country to God's glory as mm-hmm. Christ is the king and head of, of it, right? Right. Yeah. Now, when it comes to something like public education, like we've said before, it's something that needs to be completely overhauled. There's no, the beginnings of what we have today are founded in wickedness. There's no, like, it just happened to go astray at one point. Like, mm-hmm. the, the model we have now is just totally bad. So, it needs to be done away with. Plus, it's yeah. it's an overreaching of spheres, right? right. This is what yeah. we talked about. The parents in God's word are given the responsibility to raise and to teach their Mm -hmm. children. And so when the state has come in and said, I'm going to take money from all the people in this nation and we will choose how these kids are educated, they're they're jumping into waters they don't belong in. They're jumping into a severe they have no authority in. Mm -hmm. And so it needs to go away. We don't need to go in there and infiltrate and fix it up. Well, and they, they meaning this hierarchy of educators Mm -hmm. have created job titles too um job titles that did not exist in well yeah i mean was there like you know teachers meaning like early childhood teachers or like we had professors Mm -hmm. we had things like that but do we have the culture that would say in order for you to teach a child to read you must have a degree when in history have we ever believed that? Yeah. If you could read, you could teach someone else to read. That's just kind of always been, like, it just is common sense. Yeah. I think that the education system has created this idea that in order for you to be able to teach your children, you do have to have that degree. Yeah, because they require credentials or a degree in order to teach. Right. And even in, we talked about, like, that little house in the prairie, mm-hmm. Laura Ingalls Wilder type education system yeah like they didn't have to have degrees some of them did some of them will go to school to become a teacher Mm -hmm. but a lot of those old schoolhouses were just girls who knew how to read and write and were somewhat intelligent that the city would hire or the church would hire right um so it's a pretty modern idea really to think that you have to have a degree to educate your kids but my point being is that I think it leads to a lot of insecurities in mothers, especially, that mm-hmm. don't have those same degrees. And I have heard so many times women say, I'm not qualified to teach my kid. Mm-hmm. As though it's the state that qualifies you to teach your child. And this is the lie that we've bought and believed. It's not the state that qualifies us for anything. Like, yeah. if God has given you this child, he has created this life and assigned that life to you right. to raise up then guess what? It's not the state who qualifies you for anything. It's God. God qualified you when he gave you that child and said, you raise it. Like, we need to stop giving the state that type of authority and saying, well, the state said, I can't, I can't do that. I don't, I'm not smart mm-hmm. enough. I don't have the degree. I can't do those yeah. things. The, the state doesn't have that type of authority. No. God does. Being a public school teacher over, what, 20 kids? That's a small class. Yeah, I'm being conservative with that number. Yeah, it's like triple that. So that we're being really conservative with 20, but that, I mean, that's babysitting for 20 kids and you're trying to get 20 kids to, you know, act right in a certain way and be on time. And all. That's not you educating your kids at home. You're one, two, three, four, five kids. If you have a lot of kids, if you're like, you know, uber reformed, then 
the older kids end up helping teach younger ones. Which is like the greatest type of education to be able to be able to turn around yeah. and teach someone else what you've learned. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's great. Lila often helps Nora out. Yeah, with stuff because she knows it. My point being that. is like you don't. It's not the state that qualifies you to teach your child. Yeah, you that's don't not need your a validation. degree. It's not. It's not at all. Yeah, I just can't get away from the realization that the public education system is so antithetical to a Christian worldview. There's no getting around that. Have you ever heard people say things like, oh, our schools around here are good schools? Right. Yeah. I mean, that's like saying, you know, this page. I hear that a lot. Yeah. Usually everyone's school is the good one. Yeah, And right. all the other ones are. Well, what parent's going to be like, oh, this school is a trash heap, but <laughs> right. yeah, I'm too lazy terrible. to teach my own kids, so <laughs> well, no, I'm just... guess what? They're going anyway. Like, exactly. no one's going to say that, you know? <laughs> Or I've heard people say, well, there's a lot of Christians at my local Mm -hmm, school, so I'm okay with sending my kids there. But it's like, would you send your child to a doctor's office that is, like, mostly killing people, but, like, there's a couple doctors there that, like, don't kill people? (laughs) Like, no, thank you. That's not really what I'm searching for. Right. Well, and I I think of colleges, you know, and I would not want to go uh, to a super liberal anti-christian college for my education just because someone said well there's a couple christian professors there first of all i'd say why are they there secondly i don't even know if that's going to be my professor or not Mm -hmm. so like why are we doing that why are we sending them to a school just because oh well the principals are christian especially in the age of the internet if you ever have any questions or need aid in anything like you have the internet This magical thing that's literally resting at your fingertips where you can learn or have someone teach you about anything. Like, there's not really even an excuse for parents to say, I I just can't do that. I can't teach my kids. I can't. I don't know enough stuff. But you got Google. Like, welcome to the new age. And it's beautiful. I actually saw a meme recently that talked about how YouTube is a better educator than public education. It's kind of true. I mean, you can find so much on Google. Gotta be careful, because not all of it's true, but (laughs) you know, another problem with the public school system is that they try and say things like we are tolerant of everyone, and Mm -hmm. it's a public education, we're neutral, we don't take sides, but then as soon as your children try and practice their Christian faith, what happens? It's shut down. It's dismissed. Sent to the principal's office. You're sent to the principal's office. And this is absolutely true. Like, yeah, tons of cases of this. I mean, there's so many cases, it's not even funny. Like, I don't even know. Like, there's too many stories to even tell about kids trying to hand out Bibles in the hallways and them being sent to the principal's office because mm-hmm. it hurt someone's feelings or, like, I mean, there's just so many stories. Well, and the problem with that is that Christianity is an evangelizing religion. Mm-hmm. Our religion does not say you can just be quiet, keep it in your house. We're supposed to proclaim the truth of Jesus Christ's death, burial, and resurrection on behalf of sinners. Mm-hmm. We're supposed to proclaim that and tell people about it. Well, and then I've heard people say, well, that's why we should send Christian kids into the school system so they can be a light. Yeah, but education is not... It, your, your kid is supposed to be educated as they grow up. And so if you're sending them to be a missionary... You're sending them to the wrong place. Well, I'm just saying, like, then why don't you send your kid to Africa to be a missionary there? It's probably safer. Their efforts would probably. I think your child will probably be more fruitful being a missionary in Africa than they would in the 
public school system in America. True. But the problem is that your child is still a disciple. Right. Even, your disciple. Yeah. Even in scripture, like we're warned against the new converts becoming pastors too quickly mm-hmm. and allowing them to, to teach before they fully understand enough of good, solid doctrine, right? And so the same is true with a child. Like, I would never send a a small child into a world of darkness and just say, you've been baptized, you're a covenant kid, which is essentially what people are saying. You're a Christian kid. That's true. Go into the schools now and be a light. Go make converts. But it's like that child is still learning about their faith. Yes, they're a Christian kid. Mm-hmm. They're covenant kids, but they are not fully discipled yet. And they're still learning their faith. Right. And nowhere in the Bible are parents told to send their kids out like that. Never. Nowhere. Never. What yeah. they're told to do is to teach them and train them. Right. So while they're in your home and your kid there, before they go and leave your home and start their own home, you are there to teach them, not right. send them out to go be, you know, part of the... To seven. go be ravaged by the yeah. wolves. Well, in the, the the verse in Ephesians 6 that says, train your children up in the fear and admonition of the Lord, the Greek word has a uh, culture connotation. So you raise them up in the culture of the Lord. Mm-hmm. And so that's, that's what they're raised and what they know what to do. They know that church is normal. They know that, you know, praying every day and reading right. and that education and everything is tied up into this relationship, this covenantal relationship that we have right. with God. They're supposed to grow up with that when they get up all throughout their day and when they go to bed at night. You can't do that if they're six to 10 hours at public school every day. Right. Well, that's what I'm saying. Like, if you were to take the hours a day that your child has spent with you mm-hmm. and just look at that, just tally up those numbers in yeah. one week time frame, like how much time are you spending shaping your child? It's pretty hard for the person who puts their kids in a public school setting and then they're in like a music, you know, class right. and then a sport or whatever. Like, mm-hmm. how much time are you getting? Like three hours, maybe a day with your kid? Maybe where you're actually able to shape and mold them. Yeah. Someone's raising your child. Who is it? Exactly. Whose responsibility is it to shape and mold your child? This is going to sound so judgy. I know. I was just thinking that I know this may sound sort of heavy handed or something, but honestly, this is our conviction. And we said in the other episode at the beginning, we had a caveat there, disclaimer, Mm -hmm. that we understand that God's grace is given when the ideal is not there. And so if for some reason you are not able Mm -hmm. to homeschool or at least get into a Christian, uh, classical Christian school or a school that really has a good solid worldview underpinning all of its Can we Can we pick on those people real quick too, though? Yeah, let's do it. Okay. A lot of people will send their kids to a Christian school. Yes. That will use the exact same curriculum or pretty much. Erica just used air quotes for Christian (laughs) school. Um. We'll use the exact same curriculum or type of education as what? As the public school system, thinking it's going to be better. There's a smaller classroom. The teachers are Christians, whatever. We require them to go to chapel in the morning. They go to a chapel. And it probably is better. Yeah. I mean, if, you know. Because at least they probably have like some moral standards. So maybe the kids. The turd on the ground versus the turd on the plate, you know. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Um, it's not served to you, but it's still there. 
Well, you'd rather the one on the plate because at least it's not on the ground. Oh, I got you. It's dirty on the ground. I thought it was more like... It's not as entertaining to... when I have to explain it to you. <laughs> I took it a different way. <laughs> <laughs> it probably is better. But I'm just saying, like, there and there are good Christian schools that don't do this. Right. So I, I'm not talking about those schools. But I'm saying there are a lot yeah. that are still receiving money from the federal government. And so they're mm-hmm. still offering the same type of uh, humanistic, common core, terrible type education. Mm-hmm. But they're slapping a Christian bumper sticker on the back of it and saying, here you go. This is better for you. Yeah, and parents to... are shelling out fifteen, eighteen thousand dollars $18,000 a year thinking this is better than public school. Yeah. So you have to be so careful to yeah. not buy that lie as well. And, yeah. We have seen kids still get dropped off and they're not parented and they're not, you know. And I mean, we've known our fair share of people, too, who the families are laid out in such a way that, like, mom still is pursuing her career. Mm-hmm. And so because she is small F feminist, she is pursuing her career and putting her kids in a classical Christian school mm-hmm. ticks off the box. Like, hey, I can still be reformed. My right. kid's still going to a Christian school. No one's going to judge me. Right. In the meantime, I'm still fostering this weird feministic, like, idol over here. Yeah. And I'm still not taking on the full responsibility that God has given to me as a Christian parent to raise my child. So... There's a lot of ways this There's, could still go wrong if you're not in public school is what we're saying. And it's like, and I don't think it's a sin to, like, if you're not homeschooling your kid, I would not just say, if you're if you're not homeschooling your kid, you're in sin. Right. That is such a it's broad un- brush. That's ungracious. And we're, and we're trying to say that there is grace. And there are just as many, like, moms and dads who are Christians who are homeschooling their kids for ungodly reasons. I was going to say there's non-Christians who homeschool. Yeah. Because either they're lazy and they would rather their kid not have to go, you know, to the bus and have to they go pick really them up. They just really hate making school lunches. Every day. Yeah. Every day. Or they're just like so crazy introverted. They're just like, uh, mm-hmm. I'd rather not deal with yeah. that. Right. Because, again, we said homeschool is booming and it is. And there are a lot of non-Christians that do it. And they may be doing it for ungodly reasons. Well, I'm sure they probably so, are. I'm yeah. sure they're not doing it to disciple their children. <laughs> exactly. They're not doing it out of obedience to the Lord. Right, yeah. So I, so we understand that, you know, homeschooling is not this righteous thing, it just in and I of mean, itself. I mean, it can be, and it can be incredibly sinful. Right, but it's, you know, why are you doing it? Right. So. Um. Yeah, that's a good way to caveat it at the end. It's such a deep well, and it, there's mm-hmm. just, honestly, there are questions that need to be asked, and it's, is that public school education the best form of education? I don't think anyone could honestly say yes. Right. I mean, just sheer statistics will say no. It's I mean, not. It's not. Like, no statistic will say children that are in public school get the best education. They just simply don't. So, if it's not the best education, then what is the driving force behind it? Mm-hmm. And a lot of people will say, well, my kids need the socialization. Well, yeah, that's the whole point of public school education is they're trying to socialize your kids and brainwash you into thinking that creating your child into being this social being is going to help create this like one One world humanity, one world. Yeah, one world humanity. We are one entity Mm -hmm. and the individual is not important, important. It's the betterment of society. That's the Mm -hmm. most important good. That's what we're striving for. Right. And that socialization thing, that lie is one of the the ploys they use to get people to believe that. Yeah, and that's one of the basic tenets of cultural Marxism was Marx wanted to do away with 
every kind of differentiation, Mm -hmm. any kind of hierarchy, everything. He wanted to do away with that. And so you got to do away with your race. You got to do away with your nation. Mm Mm-hmm. Which, interestingly enough, some of the most prominent thinkers and inventors Mm -hmm. have all been kind of weird. Right. (laughs) Like, uh, I think it was Einstein who was basically kicked out of public school because he was, quote unquote, slow. Mm -hmm. And it was his mother who homeschooled him and helped develop him. And I mean, where would we be without him? I don't know. I don't understand what he talks about. Exactly. It's above me. So if you even know anything about just history and who our great inventors and thinkers were, a lot of them were people who were homeschooled or were a little bit unconventional and were um, kind of countercultural and quirky and thought outside of the box that was they were placed in. That's a good thing. All throughout history, we've always looked at those people and thought like they are able to deconstruct the world around them and pick it apart and see things differently yeah and that's what makes someone brilliant usually there's probably tons of other implications negative yeah implications of the public education yeah i feel like we could go on and And it's this episode really isn't even about that so much as it is just you guys really seeing this this system is not neutral it wasn't created to be neutral and it's even now not supposed to be neutral no you see the new curriculum coming out of California with it, its insane terminologies with the purpose of revolutionizing culture and the way mm-hmm. you think. That's like what they said. We need to change the way people think. And so here's all this, you know, the glossary was like pages and pages and pages and pages trying to explain all these new terms. Mm-hmm. Weird spellings of words because there's no his in anything. There's well, and that's craziness. That's the problem when we have handed over education to a system that is godless. Mm-hmm. Even our language itself becomes muddled. Yeah. And we can look at the Tower of Babel and say like, yeah, when we when we don't do things in the way that God has designed things to work and function, typically language does become jumbled. Like it's kind That's of a curse a almost, point, you know? Yeah. So we can't say she, we have to spell, you know, she with the X because if we have a he in there, then it's sexist. Or like mm-hmm. it, we can't even grammatically spell things correctly anymore because of our godless education system. Yeah. That's awesome. We're just going to end there because that was really good tie into the Tower of Babel. Because you can't even understand half of what our culture says anymore. No, you can't. Honestly, like if you walk into your child's public school tomorrow Mm -hmm. and you are sitting in the classroom and two children go up to just share about a little bit about their life. One kid says, hey, I was born with a penis, but I identify as a girl and I'm going to wear dresses from here on out. The whole classroom will erupt in applause. Yep. The next student gets up and says, hey, I was born a sinner. And by the grace of Jesus, like I am forgiven and starts like sharing his testimony. He will get sent to the principal's office. That is not neutrality. That is an attack on Christian beliefs. Yeah, exactly. It's not neutral. No. And nothing is. Nothing is. And I hope we were helpful in showing you the anti-christian origins of our public education system are we good yeah go google dewey and ficta and alice bailey and 
Robert Mueller. Robert Mueller. The old Robert Mueller. Not there's the recent one who was like arrested. He's in politics and stuff. Yeah, there's Not probably that a, one. there's probably a lot of Robert Mueller's. It's kind of a common name. Fair enough. But um, yeah, you can go check it out. I'm not making any of this stuff up. And again, we do want to be gracious. We're not trying to, but we do have strong convictions about this as well. Yeah. But at the same time. Yeah, we're not trying to soft pedal this by any stretch of the imagination. No. But we do know of people who are in particular situations yeah. and they're doing the best they possibly right, exactly. can. And we want to be gracious and say, there is grace for you. Yeah. But when like, what, 80% of kids coming out of an evangelical home walk away from the faith once they go to college, there's a problem. Yeah. And so, yeah, we're. And the problem is it. that 90% of their life is spent somewhere else and they're being educated by someone yeah. else. They're at and another th- church. And I think this is where, like, it'd be really helpful for you two to go and listen to, um, go listen to Vody Bauckham's sermon. What is it called even? I don't know, but just listen to anything about Just him go on, on YouTube. Yeah, go on YouTube and just search Vody, V O D D I E. Mm hmm. And then Bauckham, B-A-U-C-H-U-M. I'm a homeschool mom. (laughs) Spell Bauckham. And if it's wrong, it'll correct you. Yeah. Anyway, (laughs) just type in homeschooling and he has some really good sermons. Yeah, he's got some fantastic talks That'll be really encouraging to you. But he so famously has said, you cannot send your kids off to Caesar and not expect them to come home acting like Romans. Like, if that's who is educating your children, guess what? They're going to come home acting like. Exactly. All right, guys. We hope you enjoyed this part two about public education in our Uncovering the Origins series. We thank you for listening. Hopefully, next week we have some fun stuff. I don't want to, like, say what it is in case we don't get to it. Yeah. Hopefully next week. Just stay tuned. But it'll be, like, it'll be different. Yes. But really fun. All right. I think. That's enough. That's enough of that. If not, we're going to blame Nate. That sounds good. He can take it. Okay. All right. All right. We pray that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened by the power of the Holy Spirit. And until next time, get woke. Yeah. Let's start with the microphone check. One, two, first. Water to the dry and weary soul of the true church. The kind of things that few search. They say that the truth hurts. Well, this pain is gained, so let's explain the new birth. First things first, can't neglect us at the start. I must preface my remarks with the deadness of the heart. From original sin, the effects of the fall. The sin of our first parents brought death to us all. Since Adam was our federal head, what he did counted for us. In him were all rebels and dead. Yo, captured in the mind, disaster, sin and crimes in a dark state, Alaska in the winter time, shower in our frames, left to ourselves, we be devoured in the flames, cause we're powerless to change, if you feel that way, I pray that you respond happily, as you see what Jesus had to say in John chapter 3.